You're listening to the Power Platform People podcast on the CRM Audio Network with the bearded CRM guy Ian Connolly and the Mark Christie. The guys will take you on a journey of the Power Platform community. Here we go. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe to the podcast with your favorite app and check out crm.audio for information on all the other shows on the network. Hello and welcome to the Power Platform People podcast. Um, I, do we even care or remember what episode number it is? No, we have this conversation every time we do this. We don't know. We don't have a recording episode number or anything. We just kind of let it go with the flow. No, well, technically we do because iTunes is a bit of a whiny, whining emo girl. It's It must have a season number and a podcast yeah but we only know that when we're editing it up and we actually go what was the last one we done we never know it as we're recording it right it's not even that it's when i'm actually uploading it i have to look at the last episode to see what the number was exactly so anyway we're here now and who do we have on today what are we chatting about mark so we are talking about football futsal beach football sports um a kind of confusing one for me. Um, somebody from Norway who plays beach football. That just, like, totally... Because there's loads of beaches in Norway. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I thought it was a wind-up. I thought somebody was just trying to ban me up for the first two or three days. It's just like when I was I was in Germany and I went to this, like, a indoor greenhouse. is the only thing... Uh, not an indoor greenhouse, just a greenhouse. But it was beach. Inside it, they had, like decking and sand and a beach bar and all that but it was all indoors at a water sports centre it was weird is that that kind of thing here where instead of having like an indoor five-a-side pitch they've got an indoor beach sand pitch so before we actually introduce who he is what i'm going to do is i'm going to read his stats from uh, transfermarket.com okay so season 14-15 he played for fk lynn um 15-16 he moved to Corsoval, I mean, I'm butchering these. Then he moved back to FK Lynn and retired. So he's he's a retired footballer. I mean, what has he got? Five, played five games in the cup, um, conceded 12 goals, one clean sheet. So conceding goals is obviously he's a, a keeper of some sort then, yeah? Yep, and that kind of leads on to his Twitter name, which is CRM Keeper. So we've given the, the game away now. So Thomas, do you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So my name is uh, Thomas Sensor. Ah, uh, uh, wait, wait, wait. No, not according to soccer base. It's not. What is let's it go for. Let's go. Let's go for the full name. Thomas Jordy Sensor, I guess. There we go. That's the one. What do you mean? You guess? Are you not sure? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, it could be just a translation, I suppose. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, no, so, um, yeah, I um, also go by the name of the CRM keeper, a former professional keeper, uh, semi-professional now, I guess-ish. Well, as but, a professional beach football. Yeah, I play for the national team uh, for beach soccer, um, and I play for the highest league of futsal still. I just don't play the normal soccer anymore so there's a there's a beach soccer league and you play for the national team 
the Scotland have a national team in deep soccer? <laughs> I actually, I actually haven't seen a Scot- uh, the Scottish team if they even have one, but we have played against England. Okay. We lost in overtime. Yeah, I know. <laughs> soccer overtime beaches. This isn't football. This is like Americanism. Uh, the thing is that if if this sport were to be more promoted, it would be more liked. It's just that easy. It's it's not even similar at all to what you would call soccer. You know, the dreaded two times forty five minutes of boring just watching the ball go over and over. It's it's actually quite entertaining. Was Eric Cantona not the manager of the French um, beach foot soccer team at one point? He was, uh, and he's actually been an avid player himself. He was really good. So in the beginning, he was one of the top players. So yeah, he still comes every now and then. When we were in, uh, I've seen him once when we were in Portugal, in uh, this place called Malsare. I just he was just hanging out in the stands. He just looks like this total beach bum, you know. Cause... <laughs> He's, he's one of the most amazing footballers ever. And he's just ever like, yeah, whatever. It's cool. I'm just checking out beach soccer. I've, I've seen him. And was it not Ronaldinho as well? The other one that played a bit of beach football. Oh, yeah. But they've, they've through the, throughout, you know, throughout the years, they've had some show matches with some of the best players to play beach soccer. And yeah, mm. the Brazilians, they grow up doing this. It's just amazing. But then you have some other players, you know, the top players that have come out into the sand and they're hopeless because it is a completely different sport. And they've had some hopeless goalkeepers that have gone to the sand and been okay. <laughs> but other than that, so let, let's do a proper intro to yourself and then we can get into that element of it as well. So obviously, CRM Keeper Online. CRM Keeper Online, yeah. And, Discuss uh, slightly the other reason for the keeper, but the CRM element, what do you actually do that gives you that, gives you that title there as well? Yeah, so I, I started off with uh, Dynamic CRM and uh, it was actually 3.0 was my first certification in 2007. Uh, so I've basically been working with CRM ever since. Uh, graduated from something they had at Microsoft University. Uh, it was something we did in Norway just to recruit new consultants into the uh, Dynamics space or before, whatever we call it then, CRM, of course. So... I've basically been working with a single product since 2007, which has been Dynamics. And um, yeah, so at the moment, I run the uh, Dynamics department at a company called Point Taken. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it's kind of, it's, it's I, I would say it's a passion. <laughs> so how long were you at Microsoft for? Uh, I worked uh, two years at Microsoft as a, a PTS, I think they called it there, uh, Partner Technical Strategist. They have great names for useless titles sometimes. And then give them all acronyms as well. So they have this great oh, yeah, long yeah, title yeah. and then acronyze it. Yeah, if yeah. that's even uh, a word. It, it, was, it was amazing. No, it was, it was to build the partner channel. So I've always sort of been, but it was building the partner channel for Dynamics. So it's always been focused you know, on building something Dynamics. Okay. Yeah. That's great. And would you ever go back to Microsoft in Norway? Uh, not uh, there is no way, no way. I uh, that was just not my thing. Um, there were so few people that really understood what Dynamics was, uh, so that was a problem for me uh, because I didn't get to nerd out with that many other guys. And um, at that at that time, now they actually have a few people that are great, but at that time they didn't have any. And um, Honestly, if I were to go back, I would really love to be more connected to the product, the actual product somehow. 
I have like no idea what that black would belt be. style or global black belt. Maybe even more to the actual where it should go. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I the black I, I've I feel for the black belts. I mean, I've I've tried contacting them. They I mean they they get sent all over the place. You know, hi, do you have one hour to just give your thoughts about this solution? It's like yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're um very in demand. Absolutely. So yeah, I, there's not many of them for what they do and the amount of knowledge that they should have. Uh, it's I, I really feel for them. I mean, they do a great job whenever they're in. I mean, the, the experience I've had so far, at least. But I just I just know that they're looking at their clock because they know they have a new solution, you know, in five minutes, and they need to go in there and be experts on that too. I have no yep. idea what they're going to. So, so yeah. what areas of CRM do you kind of focus on most? Or sorry, it's not even CRM anymore, but seeing as you're a CRM keeper, it is today. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually, honestly, I find that hard because... For me, CRM is still CRM. I still want to brand it CRM. When I when I sit, write something, I always write the name CRM because even though Microsoft says that we're calling everything anything else, anyone else or competitors are still searching Salesforce CRM or SuperOffice CRM. Yep. And when like you, in my world, when you buy CRM. it, it's still an app, isn't it? You're buying the CRM app yeah, that sits on the Power Platform. I'm the same. Um, I find that I know it's not really what is it customer experience for sales or for engagement or so it's not called CRM anymore. It's called first-party applications. All right. So first-party so, application keeper, then I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, just, I just honestly, before I, I, I would easily say I know every single part of CRM, but now I know just small parts of it, and that kind of it bugs me a bit. But I've just sort of figured out I can only focus on so many things. So I would say everyone knows sales. Sales is fine. I mean. Anyone can do sales. And then I do customer service and I'm trying to learn a lot more about field service. So I would say I'm, I'm getting there in field service, but I still have a long way to go. I have completely given up project service automation and I have still not even looked at really in depth marketing because I've been using click dimensions for so many years. So it's a different uh, first party app anyway, isn't it? Yeah. Well, technically, technically click dimensions is a third party app. Yeah. I was yeah. meaning the marketing solution. <clears throat> Yes, but it still comes under the Dynamics family. Exactly. But but I see like so many, there are a lot of people talking about all the new cool things. I, I might be a little old school there, uh, liking to talk about, you know, the core application, what it used to be and how to use it in a proper way, I guess. Yes, it's, yeah, it's, it's all changing. Yeah, yeah, they're using it in the proper way is an interesting one. Me and Mark were having that conversation earlier today, actually, about, like flattening data out and data rationalizing and rather than having everything in one entity, having child entities off of it and intersects and stuff like that. I just don't know if that really happens so much more now and, and different things, different people build different ways and stuff. It's so interesting. Yeah. And there's no one right answer. No, like... well, there is. No, no. There, there, <laughs> there's not one right answer, but there's definitely a big fuck off wrong answer. And that's that could be true. Done an entity, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, subgrids <laughs> exist for a reason, so the relationships, right? <laughs> so you could probably imagine what me and Ian were talking about. <laughs> See, honestly, we should still record some of our phone calls. There's lots of effing and blinding on them, but they would make for some interest in yeah, I would. I would just listen to them just for you know picking up on new swear words. I'm sure there are a lot of things I've never heard there before. <laughs> that, that's actually one of the reasons how this whole podcast started. For years, me and Mark would like driving to work forty minutes each way or whatever, on a 
uh, even through work, just having chats, we're always like, we should just record these and publish them because there's loads of learning about CRM. I never really thought about the swear word element. Yeah, there's probably a lot of learning on that as well. <laughs> it's a couple of USPs right there. All right. That reminds and me, like, way, way to... back in the time, though, when I I used to have this guy I worked with, I, I mean, I was on the phone with him almost all the time, though. It might have been a little different, but we were just continuously talking about projects or something dynamics related, something, something. The discussions just escalated to whatever, but they kept on going, like, throughout the whole day. Yeah. No, I was trying to learn some new swear words yesterday, but um, <laughs> I, was, I was struggling with the Norwegian pronunciation of them. Uh, it's like me trying to butcher something. I mean, I'm really bad at saying people's names that are not natively English. So you can imagine swear words that are, yeah, just horrible. I imagine you sounded like you were trying to speak Klingon. No offence to another language, but I imagine your foundation <laughs> sounded more Klingon than anything else. I think that's probably offending people who speak Klingon. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think it, it, it wasn't pretty. It, I mean, I mean, Peck, Peck was one, wasn't it? Peck. You're, you're just an actual Peck. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah even, so even there, you're saying it wrong because there's more there's, there's more accentuation on the Peck. Yeah, yeah Peck, okay. Peak. You total peak. There you, yeah. Are you, are you happy with that now? Yeah, that's better. I've, I've totally offended you and offended everyone who speaks that language. Great. <laughs> And I have just no idea, and I wasn't involved in that conversation, but... You didn't miss out on anything, I guess. Nah, it doesn't sound like it, but... So let's kind of, let's let's go back to the start. So CRM Keeper, Mm. football was your your first love, shall we say? Yeah, yeah. So the teams that you played for, I mean, just looking here, are they were they professional? Were they semi-professional? Were you? Uh, I, I would like I, to say professional because, but they're probably if you if you're speaking to a professional soccer player, top level, it would say semi-professional. Yeah. So here's okay, the question so, on that: Did you get paid a wage, and did you get boot money? Only in a few clubs did I get paid a wage. Uh, well, so that's semi-professional uh, in my book. Then you get paid to do it. Okay, I'll do seven professional. Right, so no, well, here's the other question: Were you full time or were you part time? Part time. So you get your semi pro then. That's fine. I would say that's, if you're full, that's more than fine by me. If, if you're a full time <laughs> footballer, I think. So what was the highest league that you played in then? Uh, yeah, so it would be the second league in Norway. Okay. Yeah. And but I, I was stuck. I was stuck with this. Um, so we had this elite club, the lean, the one that we were talking about. So yep. the the fun part of it, it was the top one of the you know, the top league in Norway, and then they went bankrupt. So they were what do you call it? delegated, right? No, relegated. Relegated. Yeah, relegated. Yeah, relegated. So they were relegated uh, to like the fourth division, uh, and but they they kept the same sort of supporters were still there. But all the players weren't there anymore because they weren't getting paid, so they went to different clubs. But then the original guys, like you know, uh, that we we've been playing for this team when we were younger kids and everything like that, and we've been fairly decent soccer players ever since. We came back to sort of we were in different clubs, second division clubs. So we came back to sort of help them out. So we, yeah, we tried to get them back up again. And it was a kind of a, it was a cool journey. So we had the you know really amateur games. We would crush them at least like seven or eight nothing and uh, we would have uh, you know two two and a half thousand uh people there just you know with flares and everything it was, it was pretty cool 
That is mad. It was. So how long did you play for them for? I can't really remember. I would say four or five years. Okay. So maybe the stats here aren't aren't true then. I I, I have no idea where those stats even came from. I mean, the only did stat that I'm proud of Phil? keeping is that in the club I have kept the I've kept the most clean sheets ever. Yeah. So according to your stats, that's one. So I take it you've played more than five. Well, so the only stats that we've got here are actually for the the Norwegian Football Cup. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah, I've got... Mr. Um, Region, he's like about to go into the stats, man, and be like, where's my League 4 stats? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I, got a, I got a link here I could I could easily send you, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, your own edited Wikipedia page doesn't count. Oh, it doesn't? No. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I mean, do you remember the um, the 13th of April 2016? Does that name ring, uh, date ring any bells to you? I can actually go in and check on the official stats page. 2016? 2016, the 13th of uh, April. Oh, so were you the shortest keeper? Were you like the shortest player in the team? And not the shortest player, but You're I was You're not even that short, the, but you look short compared to that short, guy in the yeah. link you've sent. The third, yeah, exactly. But the guy that I'm standing next to, he's like two ten monster. I mean, he he was a beast. He was my he was my defensive player. Okay. He had been playing for the top. He he's been a, a not a semi. He he was he was the only player that went from the top division. He was scouted to different clubs abroad. I mean, uh, in in uh, Italy and stuff like that. So he's he's been a very very talented player. He just never wanted to go there. So he stayed with the club. You know, trying to do a kind of special thing for the club you know bring him back up again uh he was just amazing because i i had not, i mean he, he he just swept everything away from me so he was my best defensive player ever nice now anyway awesome. so, so so the 13th of april yep. 2016 we lost seven nothing against the uh, elite series the team Trums. <laughs> did you play in goals that game yeah i did that was tough okay that, that's a belter that one yeah that was actually quite tough. <laughs> well, no, so I, I I wasn't picking on you, but I, no, all the all the games here are just looking at you. The actual the detailed stats are just for uh, just for the cup. It doesn't have any of the league two stuff. No, I, I sent you the link for those if you were ever that interested. And God, I don't think you are. <laughs> oh yeah, I will be. I will be scouting that. So I mean, there's something that we we actually both have in common. We have both been in Football Manager, have we not? Yes, but the game. I was on a technicality, and it bugs the hell out of me because I was on a technicality that I didn't make it to FIFA 2001. I was so close. I mean, it would be awesome just being able to play, <laughs> have yourself on FIFA. That would have been so. What was the technicality? Yeah, yeah have you there? But both of us have other things in common. We're too short for the position we've been playing, right? Not really. I'm not a keeper. I'm a center half. So well, you're a center half. You were just training keepers. Yeah, wow. because I like kicking the balls at goalkeepers' heads is pretty much <laughs> pretty much the main thing. I got used to shouting that much at the keeper that I would just turn around and blast the ball at his head. That's how how we figured out that I actually had quite good technique for warming them up. All right, it's actually or quite. 40... It's harder than people think. So yeah, it... to warm a keeper up, it's harder than people think. I hate having other outfield players doing that. I I, I really hate it. I think the the main thing is you're not trying to score goals. You're trying to warm the goalkeeper up. That's what, what <laughs> that you want to get half the time. So you play. At what point then did you go from playing soccer to? Oh, in fact, yeah, soccer to futsal. What was the transition? 
Were you just getting yeah, too so, old? Or? So yeah, no, futsal has it was building up in Norway, so it wasn't really that big in the beginning. Uh, so it was mostly just you know friends playing with friends every every now and then. It was it was organized, but it was just just for fun. Uh, but then at a certain point, it turned more serious, and then it got interesting uh, because I, I I really do love to compete. Uh, it, it, I don't know why, but it just it's just it's, it's a trigger and it really helps. So yeah, I, I guess at some point it just finally it's like they 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 were serious, and then I was like the league got great, and then I just I was also at the time where I was getting older. And I had the biggest problem was that I was sitting there in, in the locker room. And at that time, this guy next to me, he, he's one of our biggest talents. He went to this Rosenborg, the one you bought your jersey from now. <laughs> yeah, Rosenborg. Yeah, so he went to Rosenborg. Um, and right before then, he was like 16 years old, I think. He was in our locker room. And the stuff he was talking about, I could not relate at all. And he was going through Snapchat and stuff like that, and it's like he's suddenly showing pictures of girls, and I'm like, I look at him, it's like, dude, I don't, I don't think I can legally watch this. These these girls are underage for me, like by far. Right. So, <laughs> so, so I've got a question for you. Seen as you've you've brought up apps and you've brought up stuff like that, um, I have it on authority that before you met your fiance, Huri, yeah. yeah. That you did complete Norwegian Tinder, is that correct? <laughs> I, I I do know how to operate the application, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll we'll leave that one there. So <laughs> we'll leave that one there. <laughs> what is the difference between football and beach soccer, or is it futsal? Futsal, yeah. Oh yeah, so they so I guess. They're all very different sports, and futsal might might be actually I would say one of the as a goalkeeper the most boring one of them all. Because in outdoor soccer, you get to I mean you get to see see a lot of I mean as a keeper you get to do a lot of things you get to be involved in many situations, but of course as a, a spectator you might think it's boring to watch if you've never seen it. In futsal, things happen all the time, so as a spectator it might be cool. And as a player, it's fun because you're doing things all the time. As a goalie, you're doing nothing. I I have the ball in my hand. I start it, and after that, I can't I can't touch the ball before the opponent has been on, onto the ball. And whenever I get the ball, I only have four seconds to get rid of it. So and for me and football, the keeper is generally like a conductor as well as as well as the captain from the sideline. The yeah. keeper will be shouting man on, on the side, everything else. will be giving instructions about where the other players are. Do you mm-hmm. do the same thing there? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's very you've important. You've but... still got that element of it going on, yes. Oh, yeah, You're not yeah, doing yeah. nothing. No, but it's like you don't get to participate in anything offensively. I mean, you're, you're, the only time you're supposed to do something is when there's a save, and then you're supposed to save, of course. I guess so, it's yeah. what you – just to compare to a hockey goalkeeper. I mean, the hockey goalkeeper is basically a shot stopper. He doesn't do anything mm-hmm. else, right? So, Ian, futsal is basically fives with a weighted football. So, five yeah. sides with a weighted football. Anytime the ball goes out of play, the clock stops. Yeah. 
Would and you play on a normal thing. beach, so you're playing on one of what the one sixteen so blue flag beaches. You're playing in what oh, hardest book or something, <laughs> or are you kicking about somewhere else? Yeah, so futsal's in indoors on a, a like um, in a gym. But so the... futsal is like proper five a side. Mm. So can can you mind the tenant sixes? Can you remember those? Yeah. Right, so that's basically the same sort of setup as that. It's a really weighted football that's pretty much like a medicine ball. And there's no sand. There's no sand at this so point. So why is it no, beach football? Or is that my job that up? No, no, he's not got to the beach yet. <laughs> so it's it's gone football right, to right, football. Right, right, and right, right, then, then he gets, I mean, it's like going from Premier League down to conference. He's now basically playing, <laughs> playing ah, a sand pit with kids. Aye, okay, right, right, right. So we've still to get to the beach, but at this now point now we're getting we're... to the sandcastles. Yeah, okay. So we've not got sandcastles and beaches yet. We're now just playing indoor football with your jumper rolled up into a ball with everybody else's jumper, so that it doesn't move anywhere, and you kick it and it doesn't do anything because it's just a bag of cloth. So, yeah. So, like, honestly, you try and kick the ball off the ground like you would a normal football, and it goes like half a meter off the ground, and you break three toes. That, that, that's actually quite accurate, yeah. Yeah, I, I get why you're now saying it's really boring. <laughs> yeah. Well, the only reason I say it's boring compared to beach soccer, and the reason why I say compared to beach soccer is because I, I also happen to be, I was I have two games, I think, for the national team of uh, futsal also, but whenever we were going around traveling you know, to play games, it would be like winter time, so, because that's a typical great time to be indoors anyway. But and we would go to these remote places. It was really boring. There was nothing there because, like, winter time in in beach places around Portugal or anything, there, there's no people. There's no people there. So we're just Stop there. mentioning beaches. beaches. That's that's a false positive, Thomas. This isn't about a beach. No, but we're getting to the beach soccer. So yeah, so that's so. All <laughs> oh, right, I, I see. So what happened was you I went was to Portugal to and you soccer. found the beaches. Yeah, there was nothing <laughs> going on. Right, I see the link. <laughs> So, did you say you played for the national team at futsal as well? Yes, I did. So, could you have played for any other national teams? I don't think so. I think there's actually, because this is the UEFA, it's it's official in the way that I could never play. I mean, I have a dual citizenship, so I could have been playing for the US, but... Well, that was pretty much the question, I... Yeah, but I, I don't <laughs> think I don't think so now, no. And of course, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't think that would ever be good enough for it, but it would be cool, yeah. No, it was more a, could you have played for any other country? Let's just put it that way. Instead of talking about how good I would have needed to be, let's just say technically I cannot play for the American beach, you know, so either beach soccer or futsal team anymore. American, because I have one game in Norway. America. Oh, so because you've had a game for the Norway, yeah, Norwegian national team, you've actually excluded yourself from any chance of playing for the US. But if you had chosen to play for the US, you could have potentially done so before you played for Norway. Yeah. I, I'm, let's just make it for the podcast. Let's just make it sound like I had the choice and I chose, you chose Norway. Yeah, I chose Norway. <laughs> That's what I was trying to get to at that point. Your choice was Norway over. Yes, you could have. Okay. Yeah, I chose to play for Norway. Yeah, mm. <laughs> it's pretty far from the truth, but it would be great. So yeah. then we then... got to the beaches. Yes, let's, let's hear about the beaches. Beach Shocker, on the other hand, uh, is extremely fun because it is so technically hard to be a goalkeeper because you are actually an offensive player. As a goalkeeper there, you can easily score. 
or easily as easy, not not true, but you can score. Last year, I scored three goals uh, in different tournaments, uh, just because you are it's like an, it's like a power play in hockey. As a okay. goalkeeper, you can come out and you can sort of be a part of the offensive team because they are, we're playing five against five, but only four players out. So whenever they move up, I can move out of my zone because I only have four seconds within my zone here too. But I can drop the ball down and outside of my zone, I have as many seconds as I want. So there I can sort of start picking the ball up and I can shoot. And because You can move sand, over the crease. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So with the sand and everything, I mean, it's like you get so many deflections when you shoot. If you shoot into the sand as a goalkeeper, you have no idea where it's going to bounce out or if it's going to hit some legs or anything like that. So you, you end up scoring a few goals like that. And this is on a normal beach? Yeah. Uh, the places where we have been playing so far, is like it, or we've done one thing in... Um, uh, in a in a city center one time where they just you know paved, or they just put down a mat and um, put sand on it but normally it's at a regular beach where you build a stadium around it. Nice. What like a temporary stadium, stadium where they build an actual physical permanent stadium, not just some like bleachers that they roll out. No, it's it's fairly I would say a physical stadium and they got DJs and everything going there to just you know keep the keep it going. Oh, so it's like the scene in Top Gun when they're playing volleyball. There's just a bunch of people kicking about. Yeah, we just don't have the bikini models, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like there's always there's always a downside, you know. You started playing soccer as a young guy because you thought this would be a great place to get with you know meet girls. <laughs> no such thing. <laughs> so you see, by playing futsal and beach football. Do you get many broken fingers? Because I know most keepers wear like the fingerless gloves. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, but I think I might have a problem. I, there's something wrong with my fingers because I have my two pinky fingers. They have been dislocated at least five or six times each. Uh, so I have to play with tape on them just you know so they don't dislocate. But I'm getting good at sort of popping them back myself. But I did have in Austria we were playing this. Um, uh, mini tournament with three teams and suddenly I, I, was, I just I just saved the ball from a corner I had the ball in my hand and it's something just felt really weird because my index finger was suddenly I couldn't bend it so I wasn't really sure what that was so I said I knew something was wrong so I just threw the ball out and took my glove off and suddenly I saw that my finger had broken like an open uh, fracture <laughs> that a bone was sticking out so I was like yeah that's not a good thing <laughs> An open fracture underneath your gloves. Yeah, that was uh, it was kind of strange. Was that in beach football or futsal? Yeah, that was beach soccer. So it was it just it was just a completely random thing. You know, the ball must have hit the wrong way at the wrong time, kind of thing. That's interesting. Getting a yeah. compound fracture from that. Oh. Yeah, I know. It was it was odd. It was not even a hard shot. It was just it was just. Was weird. there blood? Well, it didn't bleed that much, to be honest. And I think that was good. I, I mean, I, I will, you know, it's, I'm not really good with needles and stuff like that. So, I mean, but I had no problem seeing the bone. It was okay. But when I get, when I get the needles and you're supposed to get the tranquilizers, that I can't, I can't even watch. I had to look away. I think the needle, like seeing the bone would be surreal because it wouldn't feel like yours. It didn't. Really, it was just something white. It did not feel like your own bone, and it's like yeah. you don't understand what it is. 
I got uh, the one of the weirdest things I've ever done or had done to me was I had a little little skin tag thing, like a blood vessel thing removed from my knee, but they gave me just a local anaesthetic on it. Hmm. And I was sitting on this edge of the bed watching them cut open my knee just with like oh, a little scalpel geez. to take it out. Oh, I it, was the weirdest, it was the weirdest thing ever because obviously I can't feel my leg. But I know it's my leg, and I'm seeing it happening, and I'm like, that's my leg. And the the nurse kept telling me not to look. She's like, you can't look at this, because that's just weird. And I was like, no, I find it really interesting, but it's weird because it's my leg, but it's not my leg. I can feel your hand touching, like, my shin, but I can't feel when you're cutting. It was so strange. (laughs) So surreal, so, so weird. Oh, that's just but yeah, I can't imagine a bone sticking out and going, <laughs> that's my bone. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think I was, I mean, there was so much adrenaline going at that time because, yeah. you, you, I mean, your body freaks out. So it's like, I, I don't think I realized what was happening before, like a few hours later, really. Yeah, I think that's the shock element, definitely. The and they pulled it back into uh, placement. So, so yeah, did, that... you fin- did you tape up and finish the game? <laughs> no, we lost the game. <laughs> We were, we were actually up to zero before. I, uh, so yeah. Did you finish the game though? Did you stay on till the end? No, I I was actually on my way to the hospital when they they kept on going on the game. So that's the first so, time I ever so... rode an ambulance. It was kind of fun. <laughs> so life's first. You'll never forget that, I suppose. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I guess it's okay. No, so yeah, so that that's the kind of the round robin thing. But the thing is, like in beach soccer, you can you can continue for many years. I mean, some of the guys that are there, I mean, it's not the same kind of thing where you need to be extremely fit. You just have to be very smart and strong. So we, it's like some of the better strikers you have there are these really heavy guys, extremely technical. But I mean, you can't budge them if you try to push them. They just stand like, there. Like so what is a tackle and stuff yeah. in it then? Like so obviously. And standard football, you've got slide tackles and various things like that. And it's a lot more, fa- I imagine it's a lot more fast paced because running in sand is quite impossible. It's not fun. Well, you you can't really do run up and down the wings the way that you can in football. If you're, if you're, if you're, if you're typical Spanish build, you're Italian or Portuguese build, that means you're like a 180, 185 type of athlete and you weigh 60 kilos for some reason. Those dudes, they I mean, they don't even break the sand. They just run on top like it was regular gravel. Oh, sorry. And, and maybe I should say Nor- I don't run well in sand. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is that we from Norway, we're kind of used to more of physical sports. Where I'm, I mean, I'm I'm heavy. I'm, I'm 85 kilos. I mean, running in sand is it's not easy. <laughs> Thomas saying that he's heavy. Now, this is a place where we're going to promote your Instagram with all your six-pack pictures. Well, yeah, I mean, Thomas. Yeah, you know everything on the gram isn't right, real, right? <laughs> yeah, this is ex- like the, you, you only capture the absolute best moments. You've been shredding for six months straight, and you finally got your picture. And all you've done <laughs> is taken your whole wardrobe of clothes at different angles for like a whole week when you've been so shredded. So you've got a year's worth of content, right? <laughs> Every single shirt that you own with that ab picture. Look how shredded I've been this year. Yeah, it's like it's like getting the. I seen a, <laughs> I seen a little meme video thing today of a guy saying, "Why did I buy my guitar in green?" And he's and Ed goes off in a rant about he's bought it in green because then he can have it any colour he wants, and he starts always using it as a green screen. So that's all. Thomas oh, yeah. He's got a green screen shirt, <laughs> and he's just changed it for the picture. 
actually quite smart. It was really clever. It was. I, I'll find the video again. They'll send it to you. But it's really funny. Yeah. yeah but yeah, saying yeah, like you're saying you're eighty five kilo and heavy, but yet I hear you eat like a Trojan. <laughs> I have a problem with food. <laughs> <laughs> But normally, it's never been a problem. I mean, when I was in uh, high school, we, I mean, we, and I mean, for high school, we were practicing twice a day. So that was, that was cool. You know, that was fun. And then once I started working, it was kind of hard, but we, we still had practice every day Yep. after work. But now as like, especially now, I mean, yeah, because so I'm 35 years old now, which is older than I was then, uh, of course, but I just noticed that. I'm not I'm not burning as many calories anymore <laughs> that I used to do. And yeah, of course, it doesn't help that it's six o'clock now in the evening. It's actually seven o'clock in the evening here in Norway. And I only have a little bit more than a thousand steps. So Corona is really not helping, but I'm still eating the same. I think everybody has not so, kind of problem so at the can... moment. <laughs> <laughs> so you can only go about half an hour without eating anything. Uh, yeah. I, I could go longer. I mean, I just don't really enjoy going longer. So I kind of, so I, say, yes. I tried your challenge. I tried your challenge just partially, but I came home from practice yesterday at eight o'clock. And so I ate something around, you know, eight thirty. So therefore so, I, I, I didn't eat lunch today before I didn't eat breakfast either, but I didn't eat lunch today before. So what was the challenge? Okay. To just do a six. I, I think you might have to say fast. that one, Mark. Yeah, so from... Okay, so like a 16 fast for Mark, who isn't as active as you are. <laughs> okay. And to do that no, from I the point know. when you look at how active Thomas is compared to Mark. Right, you do a lot of walking, Mark, but if Thomas is used to being much more active and doing football training or beach ball training or whatever we're doing, <laughs> it's, it's definitely harder, isn't it? And to go straight to that fast, I think that's something you probably have to work up more to than anything else. The, um, the only thing I realized that the biggest problem I have is that I have, he says 2000 calories and I'm like, I, don't, I have no idea what a calorie is. I honestly have no idea what a calorie is. It's like 2000 for me. I have no idea what that means. Yeah, so that's, I, what, I need that's to, what it becomes really hard. That out. Yeah. Yeah. Two th I mean, yeah, I was being generous with 2000 calories as well. I don't know. I was thinking that it sounds so, so little. I was thinking like, that's probably what I eat in a single meal. <laughs> well, that, that goes back to the thing as well, where you talk about, if you're looking at calories and what you actually sustain as just standard life calories, for a, for a guy of, of our age, that is probably something like a thousand calories or just less anyway, just for the fact that you're awake. Yeah. Never mind doing a walk or being up and about or anything else. Just the fact that you have woken up and breathed for the day is something like a thousand calories, give or take, as right. I, I guess. So if I just if I just stay below a thousand calories a day, I mean I'll I'll be back in shape in no time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your calorie deficit will be massive at that point yeah. as well. But then you end up in a point where you you potentially go into starvation mode and you start losing muscle over losing fat. So what the gain what you want to do is lose fat, not muscle. Apparently, yeah, I mean yeah, I'm, I'm talking I, about this standing here I, way more I, I, than I, you. I, I, I stand I stand to get I stand to lose a lot of things without any problem right now. So hey, yeah. 
I just you just see the other guys. I mean, if you want to be a good beach player, you got to be lightweight. Otherwise, you got to be one of those tanks in front that I was talking about, extremely te- technical. No one can move around them. They don't even need to pivot or anything because in, in beach soccer, you have this thing. If you flip the ball up for a bicycle kick, no one can touch you. It's like a holy grail thing. It's like you're, you're, you, you can do whatever you want because during the bicycle kick, if anyone touches you, you get a penalty from the spot you're doing the bicycle kick with no one in front. So ah, you just get so, so you want to try and do a bicycle kick and almost have somebody touch you because actually yeah, yeah. the impact of that is so much worse because they've got yeah. a direct kick at goals. Yeah. It's, so that, therefore, I mean, having a, a tank in front that is technical, I mean, you can get so much done. So when it comes to back to that point, we're talking about tackling in beach football then. Oh yeah, I forgot to so, mention that. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. that we'd circle back to that. So how does that work if you're talking about somebody being a bit of a unit up front the thing and you is can't slide tackle them too much? If you, you don't no... have control over the ball, in a sense, it's like it's like a war zone where anything goes, almost. Where no one has control over the ball, you can push and things are fine. I mean, they won't really judge much. But if you have technically control over the ball and you're doing something, if you touch typically the, you know, the Italian, Spanish, or, or uh, Portuguese players, they fall like, I mean, they, they fall really easily. They're great. Oh, players. so that transitions to the same from football then? Exactly the same. There's no difference. I mean, and we play the Russians, they didn't even flinch. I mean, <laughs> they, they're beasts. The Russians were beasts in the sand. They were, but the only difference is that they were our weight, you know, like 80 kilos, and they were mm. machines. They never got tired, they just kept on running. <laughs> but <laughs> oh ivan drago kicking up oh, out yeah. there isn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was insane but anyway so it's like but they don't flinch at all but th- then you get free kicks but once you do the bicycle kick no one can touch you the second you so touch I've, them it's a free kick i've just sent a video to both of you to watch at some point and I'll put a link to it in the chat but um we're talking about 2011 i was part of the uefa futsal I don't know what it was classed as. It was basically a chaperone for FS Ilva's Tampere when they came to Scotland for... So the Futsal Cup was basically four teams came to one city and played each other in a group stage and the winner of the group stage would go to the next round of the cup. Right. And basically the the guy Timor... Yeah, I'm not going to try and pronounce his surname. He was an Israeli boy, but he basically overhead kick on a fight on a futsal pitch, overhead kick, and like that was just madness. I'll, I will put that in there, but it just shows you the level of talent. That's oh there. yeah, oh yeah. Like, why, why would you even try that? Yeah, but uh, yeah, they, they, there's there are so many interesting players out there that you know just they just gave up the regular soccer many years ago, but they just have fun, you know, just being awesome other places. Yeah, I mean Perth, where I'm from, that's where futsal in Scotland started. So we've got like three divisions, and every year it's a Perth team that wins the Super League, goes to the Champions League, goes to the Europa League, and stuff like that. So. Mm. We're used to it, so a lot of our players who play semi-pro stop playing semi-pro to just play futsal because even the national team, the managers for the national team for the past 10 years have all been Perth-based as well. Really? Yeah. That's interesting, didn't know that. I didn't yeah, really so, know what futsal was 40 minutes ago. So when I managed a semi-professional team, I took over from the previous manager left to go manage the Scottish national team at futsal, and I took over the semi-pro club. 
in there. That's cool. What one thing I certainly have to do is like when we clear out this uh, travel restrictions and stuff like that, I got to come over and we can do a uh, you know a soccer practice on Mel. I, I get to see how mad you are kicking the ball against the keepers. <laughs> oh yes, and I'll even use a medicine ball for it so it puts you through the net. <laughs> no, it's, I think it'd be a lot more difficult to do on the beach because I mean I was looking. You posted a video on Twitter recently of you and your footwork. I'm like, I was taking the mic out of your footwork, seeing it was really bad. <laughs> but I'm thinking, yeah, I probably... Well, I mean, at my weight, I'd have sunk into the sand anyway. But, uh, <laughs> like, how well, can you actually move your feet that quick? In the sand, it's not that easy. No. But one, one thing, though, that is a problem with me is that as a goalkeeper, I hate to dive. I hate, you know, the shot practice and stuff. like I just hate it. I really do not want to dive. I do anything I can in my power so I don't have to dive. Is it you hate the diving part or you hate getting back up? No, I, I have no problem getting back up. I'm not that heavy. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, I know no, some keepers that don't, deliberately don't dive because they hate getting back up. Oh, no, I just think it hurts. <laughs> I just don't want to dive. I've been playing at a high level, and I usually ne- like I, I've been like in the regular games. I think I dive maybe one, let's say, say two times an average a game, because normally it's I mean it's you, 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 if you're fast enough in the goal, I mean you can just run from side to side most of the times anyway. Yeah, that's true because they are smaller goals and are futsal goals and beach soccer goals the same size? No, so the beach soccer is almost the same width as a normal goal just a little smaller and a, a lot uh, lower so that's like five aside goals or something though yeah about the same width well, think... but about half the height they're, they're yeah, actually quite, such... yeah but they're, they're they're actually quite wide so okay so they're not i mean like in futsal it's like a, a it's become so professional now that a good match is like one nil or Two one, or you know what I mean? It's like it's, it's not necessarily there's no guarantee for a lot of goals because people can really defend themselves now. And you but, can bet on it, Ian. You can bet on futsal now. Yeah, but the thing is, in beach soccer, they I mean, this sport is created to score goals. The whole point is to score a lot of goals. So a, a normal match against two great teams is not going to be a one one match or two one match. It's going to be like a six seven match or you know stuff like that. There's stuff happening all the time. So how does the timing of it work? <laughs> <laughs> which one just so we'll go with my one just quickly right so i remember in america when they started the mls they deliberately bought rubbish goalkeepers so that it was high score so people would watch it for all the goals is it the same in beach football <laughs> they don't have to buy i'm free man <laughs> <laughs> i'm free rubbish <laughs> No, I mean, uh, there's is this is this different? Like, just just take the kickoff in in beach soccer. It's actually a very very dangerous situation because the kickoff you you kind of flick it up in the air and there's a, there's a direct shot at goal often, and the ball ball can bounce anywhere. So a lot of people score directly from the kickoff. It's a very common thing in beach soccer. So Ian, have you seen the dog toy that's like a it's like a big football that has like four big knots on it? And you throw it and it just bounces every direction. That's what beach football is like. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so That's Ian's question was about dog toy. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So I would have, yeah, go with the dog toy thing, right? Rather than 
talking about it being like a rugby ball slash football, but it just bounces like an egg. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, the timing. So, yeah. So football's what two forty-five minutes. Yeah. So Doesn't seem like this is going three, to be the same. Three times twelve minutes. But it's effective. So, it, but the thing is that it's the same way here that the clock stops once the ball is out. The clock stops. And so you yeah, only so your play twelve minutes is a slightly longer, depending on how often it goes out of play. Absolutely. And so whenever you, and you have other things like when there's a free kick, so no free kicks are, um, no free kicks have what do you call it a wall, mm-hmm. defendant's wall or anything. They're just direct kicks on goal from wherever they're from wherever on the pitch. So direct kicks on goal, and you know you, you get time to put the ball down and everything. But anything else is like four seconds, kind of like you got to do throw in in four seconds, the keeper in four seconds. So that's pretty much the same. But the free kicks, they sort of want them to score goals, so therefore they get time to set the ball up and everything, and you know prepare yeah so it's a bit like hockey so when it goes out of play you stop the clock so an actual a full match isn't 36 minutes it could last for like an hour and 20 yeah yeah so, so it could actually it, it could last a long time yeah And that's obviously the reason for like the four seconds and stuff as well, because it keeps the gameplay going. It's the same as like the rugby league versus rugby, rugby union. If there's a foul, you get four seconds. You have to kind of get up and just keep going with it. There's no stopping the clock, no reset, go get a drink and all that carry on. That doesn't happen. See, see, rugby to me is probably like beach soccer to you right now. I've seen it, but the difference I've seen it, I just don't really understand it. It's like tag. Yeah, you're it. <laughs> I don't understand rugby. I mean, we were talking yesterday about Australian rules football. So we're speaking to a guest that's going to come on in a few weeks. Um, but we're talking about Australian rules football and how there are two sets of goalposts and two different scores and everything that come up on the screen. It was just, yeah, that's a mental thing. So it's like Gaelic football. It's mental. So before we wrap this one up... Um, Thomas, are there any other internationalists in your household? What does that mean, internationalist? That are on their national squads or national teams for anything? Uh, in my household? Yes. Well, actually, uh, my girlfriend happens to be one of the best Norwegian cheerleaders. <laughs> so, yeah, she's um, she's one... Uh, the European and you, you were saying you didn't have cheerleaders at the sideline. You telling me she doesn't no. come at your games? Uh, she's not. Yeah. So, uh, so that's the first. That's the first thing you don't want to tell a cheerleader is like, oh, you go cheer at games. Yeah, th- I, I figured that one out quickly too. Uh, you, <laughs> <laughs> they don't do that thing. <laughs> so we do have something called the beach soccer dancers. Uh, and to be fair, they are not long, only girls anymore. We have a 50-50 men and women dancing, you know, in halftime shows. And yes, they are very weird, but they're there. Uh, but yeah, so cheerleading is actually a very, very professional sport. Uh, and they would never even consider coming to being on cheerleading, you know, pom-poms for, and stuff for like a, that. Yeah, yeah, for a sport. Yeah. Yeah, I, hmm. no, not a chance. It's. I remember my mum used to come to the football matches and shout at me every time I got sent off. <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't shouting positive at you, Mark. That's different. <laughs> Your mum cussing you out is a different thing. My, my mum stopped coming to my games because I kept on getting sent off. 
We, we had to keep my mother at home because the only person she cheered for was me. She didn't care about anyone else. She only shouted my name. And like <laughs> no one else was on the pitch. It was only me. So we kind of kept her home after a while. <laughs> Honestly, so I, I mean, for a couple of years, I coached youth professional football. So under 12s, 13s and 14s, we were like signed to contracts for professional clubs. And you see the parents for that. The parents would like, if you never, you only played my son for 67 minutes and you played him for 32 of them on the left wing and not the right wing, he's never going to make it to the first team. Fucking Jesus. Were you, were you ever able to be quite honest and say, look, his name is Rob, look, Rob, honestly, your son's never going to make it anywhere with the touch that he has. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, just be happy that he, that he even got some playing time right now because he's even my third choice at the moment. <laughs> He's got a first touch like an elephant. No, you went on. Like, you actually, I mean, it was weird. You had to have parents evenings and everything. Like, as a football coach, you do that's the least thing. So, do you know it's write... even worse now, right? I've got friends that have got kids that are primary one, like starting school, second, second year, and all that kind of stuff. And they do, they play soccer, they play football, but they're the same with all the competitive sports. They've taken a competitism or competitiveness out of them. Mm. And there's no winners, there's no losers. What? It's all about taking part. That sounds they like Norway. They don't keep score. This is Norway. Oh, geez. All of that sort of stuff. So it's all went very much that way. So you didn't lose. You took part. Well done. Yeah, that's that's typical Norway. We actually don't really get to compete before we turn a certain age. And at that age, every single club in Europe is far beyond us because they have been competing since they were four years old. That's potentially changing then, isn't it? Well, I mean, not that Scotland really competes much, right? But that's the nice, that's the way that it's taught now with uh, and the UK, I believe, where there's it's all about the taking part, yeah. Under 12s is the first time you're allowed to record the score, and mm-hmm. you're only allowed to record the score into single digits. So if somebody gets pumped like 16, 17, 17 now, you're only allowed to report it as 9 now. Well, the thing is that the and kids, the kids, they've been. They... They're playing video games. They know how to keep scores, and they know what's a win and a loss. Oh yeah, no, they do. But like for so the SFA for the academies, so the basic academies like from five years old to about twelve, thirteen, they're not allowed to say who won or lost the game. But when they go to twelve to fourteen, it's a win, loss, or draw. Again, not the score. And then when you go above that, they actually start putting the scores on it. I kind of understand why, but in the same breath, I think question it because suddenly your world changes and you didn't take part, you won and you lost. Yes. Like, that's a bombshell. I think kids know. Yeah, but the thing is that in my, when I was growing up, so I'm, I'm 1985 model. So when I was growing up in Norway, you didn't have many options as a kid you were supposed to play soccer and you were supposed to go cross-country skiing so those are the typical sports that you were going to do because we didn't have a lot of options okay and then i can understand from a parent's perspective that you want to be inclusive with children because i mean we have to i mean we all agree that being inclusive or being included into something is important i mean that's community whatever if it's sport or not but yeah now things are so different because yes, Norway is probably st- is still in, in cross country skiing are still considered national sports here, but there are so many other options. You can be cool, be, you know, being the best champion at a chess club or, you know what, you know what I mean? It's like, well, there's so many different sports that we're doing now, extreme sports or whatever. And it's like, 
then it's fine. You don't have to push people into, if you want to be a part of soccer, there's still a place to have fun soccer and serious soccer. But let yeah. the serious people be serious. Yeah. Yeah. So if, it's, if you're on a professional youth team, it should be competitive. There should be scores. Yeah. If you're playing your local down the park with all the kids that go yeah, to school with you, then it doesn't care. No, I mean, I've had, I've had kids who have been offered full-time professional contracts at 15 and 16 who weren't enjoying it and went to play for their local boys club that just because it was with all his friends and he was having fun because he didn't want to, to train four nights a week and play one night on the, or one day Yeah, on the just because you're gifted at something doesn't mean to say it's what you should do. Yeah. No. You should have that choice and I completely, I definitely agree with that and that's the, the inclusive element you've got there, isn't it? You shouldn't yeah, push but... anybody down a particular path just because. No, I mean, of course, I mean, I understand. The question is, are we doing it for the kids or are we doing it because of the parents? <laughs> yeah, that's the, parents the whole dance moms thing, isn't it? It's the whole <laughs> dance moms and like four-year-olds doing pageant beauty queen things and all that kind of stuff. That's just scary. It is. It is. Yeah, so, so, I, anyway, that, I, I wish that, that I was being more competitive us. earlier, though, but yeah. Well, I mean, you've had three different sports that you've tried to be competitive at, so... At least, at least you get a medal for trying. You know what? At, <laughs> at least, least you've I, tried. Least I can, yeah, exactly. But at least I can die saying that I've played for the national team. And that was my goal. You know, I never made it through in the real soccer. So I had to find different types of soccer to do it. <laughs> you are a national sports star for multi-overcross multi sports. I don't know what you class it as. Two different sports you've played in a national team. That's all right. I mean, look at Usain Bolt. He could run, but he couldn't play football. No. But, but he's he also made a shit ton of money. <laughs> but yeah. On that note, guys, uh, let's wrap this one up for just now. It's been great, Thomas. Thank you very much for coming on and having a, a blather. Yeah, this Thomas, was really where fun. where can everyone find you online? Online, I do a bit of blogging on CRM Keeper, and I do tweet tweeting, and potentially I would even write something on LinkedIn. So yeah, uh, CRM Keeper would be the name. So just Google that rather than giving out direct links then, yeah. CRMkeeper.com. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's it with Norwegians? Google me, jeez. <laughs> now, right. luckily with us Norwegians, much. our names are so special that if you actually Google my name, you will find me. Uh, yeah, we've heard that before. That's exactly yeah, the yeah. point. <laughs> we've, actually, we've put that to the test. We were given somebody's name who said, just put my first name and last name and Google me and I'll be the first person that came up. I, I'm pretty sure that I would be the first thing that comes up. There's no one without with my name out there. Well, actually, now, wait a minute. So, I did Google your name earlier on, yeah. and it came up, yes. So, I Googled your name, Thomas Sandor Futsal. And do you know what the first thing that came up? Thomas no. the Tank and Friends, a day at the football world book tour. <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> Yep, seriously, Thomas the Tank Engine, a day at the football world book day. So the uh, the algorithm that's on your Google search, Mark, is a bit twisted. Google, Google me, bitch, again. <laughs> but cool, right. Thanks very much, everybody. Yeah, thank you so much. Have you heard about the Virtual Power Group? It's a new online community for people living or working in Scotland with an interest in Microsoft business applications at any level. Join today to get immediate access to the open forum, early access to jobs in the Scottish market on the careers board, and instructor-led virtual night classes and regular forum discussions on technical and non-technical subjects. 
Head to virtualpowergroup.co.uk forward slash join to sign up now.